Baby, I'm a gangster too, and it takes me to tango. You don't wanna mess with me, mess with me. Baby, I'm a gangster too. <laughs> Trigger warning. This podcast may include explicit content that will take you out of your comfort zone and make you question reality. Listener's discretion is advised. Don't fuck with me, fellas! This ain't my first time at the rodeo. Hello, we're keeping the jamboree rolling with this next episode. Jonathan and Jacob from the Cult of Conspiracy join me for a swap cast today on All Hallows Eve murders. I will be presenting some interesting research I've found surrounding some of the most unknown and ritualistic murders that have went down on Halloween. We all know the slashers like Freddy fucking Krueger and Michael Myers, but what if the real-life boogeymen are more deadly, deranged, and depraved than the made-up monsters on screen? That's what we will be discussing in today's episode. I've included a link in the show notes where you can go to find more from the cult of conspiracy, but without further ado... Buckle up, you're in for a bumpy ride. Let's go! Hello and welcome to the show. This is the Cult of Conspiracy, and my name's Jonathan. Jacob. And today we have back the Cosmic Peach, Julia. Welcome to the show. Bam, 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 bam. Returning champs. <laughs> yes, so yes. This, uh, this is going to be a swap cast. Um, my listeners already know what it is. We're besties at this point. And uh, I just enjoy doing episodes with you guys. Um, I'm kicking off what I'm calling the 2023 Ghost Jamboree. Okay. For, for October. And so I wanted to talk to you guys tonight about some kind of occulted murders that happened on Halloween. I love it. The, when the veil is at its thinnest. I love it. I absolutely love this. And also, I saw you had a drink in your hand a minute ago. I, are you, you're a Christian, correct? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I do imbibe. Well, the reason why I asked is because uh, today is actually Maven 
as of time of recording, which is a Wiccan holiday of a uh, second harvest and apples and wine and like that type of festivities that are a big thing on this day. I thought that was a nod to that. But my bad, I forgot you are a, a child of God, as so as I, you know. My yes, bad. I am. But, you know. To Jesus any uh, Wiccans did, out there, Mary may be to you. Anyway. Yeah, Jesus did turn the water into wine, so. He did I indeed. I feel like he has a heart after mine. So cheers to that. I hey, have Jack dude. Fire here. Oh, you're drinking a cinnamon whiskey. Ooh. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm having Jack Fire neat and chasing it with a little A&W. So wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Cinnamon whiskey and root beer? Dude, it's so good. It sounds like it, a good combo. Interesting. The vanilla with the root beer and the cinnamon from the whiskey, it just kind of I don't know, it just goes together. It's like a hot toddy. Okay. Well, as far as the what was it called? Jack Fire? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say that's like a bougier version of you know, your basic white girl fireball then. For sure. Yeah, but fireball like makes, it's so sweet. It like almost makes me sick when I drink it. But Jack Fire is, is like you said, it's a little bougier. So I can drink it without, you know, the after effects of fireball. <laughs> but you're uh. drinking it neat. But then again, you're chasing it with the, the A&W bag. So, yeah, hey. I, got, I got a little A&W going on. I dig but... it. I dig um, so I don't know where you guys want to start, but I love getting your reactions when I just like drop stuff on you. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to get your thoughts. Why do you think Halloween would be significant if someone was going to murder another person? For obvious reasons, it's Halloween. But do you know anything about like the origins of Halloween? All right, so I have a good knowledge on this. Jonathan, you go first. What is your background on a, a murder or some sort of a violent act on Halloween? Um, I mean, I always think like Friday the 13th kind of deal, but uh as like the movies, you mean? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, however, I I did want to make this uh this little caveat. I saw this quote yesterday and it made absolute sense because it's dating back to something that uh that Anton LaVey once said, and he said, um, he loves like uh, he loves how Christians celebrate Satanism one day a year when and he's talking about Halloween. Right. And he says he loves how parents let their kids celebrate Satanism and and pretend that there's something that they're not. And I just thought that that was like, damn, bro. Like, I don't know if that's what everybody's doing. But from his perspective, he's he sees it as a win. OK. Oh, wow, yeah. I've actually never heard him say that. That's that's fascinating. Mm hmm. Okay. Pretty wild. So as far as my background on, on All Hallows Eve and Halloween and the big feast that goes on into that and the history behind it all, it depends on what culture we're talking about. All over Europe, people had their own harvest festivals that would go on around that time of year. Um, as far as what Americans celebrate as far as Halloween is concerned, I mean, hell, the jack-o'-lantern, that goes back to the Celtic tribes that used to take skulls of their enemies and put candles in them. Then there's a whole other Irish drinking tale that tells about a, a dude with a turnip that made Bingy the first- Jack. Yes, yes, which is a crazy story about a guy who outwitted the devil. And yeah. It, it, it's fascinating. I do love Irish folklore, like, with a strong passion. Did he do it without a fiddle? No, he did it at a bar. Oh. I don't think any fiddles were involved, but I'm down with the fiddler. Oh, <laughs> if they could add one to the story. <laughs> yes. But now, okay, so All Hallows Eve is in reference to the fact that November 1st is All Saints Day. 
So it is supposed to be an extremely holy holiday if you follow the Catholic, you know, faith. When the veil hardens. Well, allegedly, yes, allegedly, no. Maybe that's why it was All Saints Day is because that was supposed to be the day that it was the uh, the thinnest. But all of that goes back to pagan equinox and Wiccan like uh, calendar style festivities. Mm-hmm. So as far as why they even made that day specifically All Hallows Day, All Saints Day, who's to say? The Catholic Church was trying to pretty much integrate paganism into its ranks at such a phenomenal rate. And they did. They conquered Europe. You know, yeah, so I actually it's it's interesting that you bring that up because I found that it was Pope Gregory the Third mm. who made November first All Saints Day, but he did end up incorporating a lot of paganism into All Saints Day. So um, he claims that it was to counteract the uh, Celtic festival for Samhain, which was October 31st. So he made November 1st All Saints Day to kind of, I don't know, the juxtaposition of their holiday and our holiday. But what he ended up doing over time is that he incorporated all the traditions for the uh, Sam Haynes celebration into All Saints Day. So it ended up just being a big, massive clusterfuck anyways. Indeed. But they started referring to the day before All Saints Day as All Hallows Eve. Because hallow meaning holy, like hallowed right. ground would be the ground that you could, it could be, it's sanctified ground that would be able to let people be buried in, build a church upon, that type of thing. So Yes, yes. Be. But and, you know they have to like over time incorporate, well, it's like, oh, we'll just do a little bonfire on our day too, or like, oh, we'll right. just do a little this on our day too, or this, and then you just get Halloween out of it. One of my favorite traditions is actually where trick or treat came from. And I'm I'm drawing a blank on the actual culture of origin. I'm not sure if it was Slavic, if it was German, if it was Celtic. I'm not hundred on this, but somewhere upper in the uh the upper, upper white types of peoples in the northern Europe. <laughs> you know the the Caucasity region. The extra audacity on that Caucasity, right? And uh <laughs> basically a bishop style dressed dude would blackface himself knock on a door and straight up trick-or-treat would be his thing and the parents would pretty much rat on their kids to this person and i forget the title that this guy was and i don't even know if it was actually a priest or just like some dude that like took on the role for the year of beating everybody's kids because like whatever but either he would get fed or he you know he'd beat the shit out of these kids that didn't do their chores and make him a treat for that day and that was uh, incorporated into halloween it, it's wild when you go down that the sounds list. like some kind of a fresh hell right there keep in mind the germans also have krumpus for christmas so like this sounds Mm -hmm. really german out loud you know what i mean by the way for all the wiccans out there who are going to fry both of you for saying sam hain i didn't say sam hain she did all right i said sam hain but i have a story to back it up actually yeah yeah i know that that's like the english translation or whatever but what i always of sam hain it's but it's how they pronounce it in like the wicca Uh uh-huh is Sawin. Uh, oh, Sawin. Yes. I didn't yes. know that's what you were saying. I thought you were referring to a dude named Sam Hain. You meant Sawin, the, the festival. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because the story I was going to tell about it, it's pronounced correctly in the story that I'm about to tell. But uh, we're talking about Halloween murders. So to get us started... I feel like it's very necessary to bring up the son of Sam. 
and where that name comes from, who he was, and who he said that he was in touch with, which was Sawin. Sam Hain, son of Sam Sawin. So um, in several interviews, actually, he stated that he was communicating with uh, Sawin, hence the son of Sam. But did you know that the son of Sam, David Berkowitz, has a connection to a Halloween massacre. Let's go. What? I'm here for yeah, it. Okay. Hold on now. Hold on. Why is yeah. that? So the bodies of Elizabeth Platzman, 19 years old, and Ronald Sisman, 39 years old, were found Saturday morning following Halloween at Ronald Sisman's duplex in Manhattan. The couple were severely beaten, shot in the back of the head, execution style. And before or after the murders, somebody had like ransacked the place. Furniture was ripped up. Um, they It almost looked like they were trying to toss the place and find something. But they were shot execution style. And uh, they were trying to figure out who would do this because it was actually a pretty affluent neighborhood. These people had no enemies whatsoever. And the police got this tipster. They got a call from this person who never identified themselves. And it was a bizarre ass tip. They said that they knew someone who had predicted the murder of Elizabeth and Ronald weeks prior to it actually happening and they were like okay who's this mysterious fortune teller and the tipster said it's actually david berkowitz the son of sam he predicted this whole thing taking place weeks before it happened while he was still in prison what yes this i wonder was it in a dream because i know that this is something that's popular that some people will see like prophetic things happen in their dreams i've actually had one of my uh one of my ex-best friends at this point but he had a dream of something and he, and he was like dude i'm telling you this is going to happen and i was like nah dude that ain't gonna happen it was just a weird dream and then it happens like three weeks later okay hold on now hold on feet firmly planted on the ground here what's to say that these people living in this very affluent neighborhood actually had some shady business deals going on nobody knew about this guy Berkowitz in jail heard from buzz around the the prison that some shot caller in jail had like given a green light to take these people out execution style he called it because he just happened to hear about it from the source it was like insider trading kind of thing i don't All know right. I'm just asking it- let me give you the answer to both of your questions. Is it deja vu? Is he a fucking fortune teller? Or did he have some uh, tips from the inside? It's a combination. Okay. Because the uh, guy, Ronald Sisman, was actually up to some shady shit. He was a photographer, which is why he had this affluent type of lifestyle, because he was kind of a big photographer for the time or whatever. And um, David Berkowitz, about three weeks before the murder took place, had told this informant that called the police that his cult was going to torture and perform a ritual killing on Halloween. Here we go. And he described it 
as a photographer's residence near Greenwich Village, where after the ritual, they would kill the occupants, clean the residence of any incriminating evidence against the cult. But he didn't know who it was going to be. He didn't know it was Ronald Sisman. He just knew it was a photographer and he knew it was going to be the cult that was going after him on Halloween. But as it turns out, after he found out that it was Ronald Sisman who got the axe on Halloween, he was like, oh, that makes sense because... Ronald Sisman has a snuff video of one of the Son of Sam killings. And mm-hmm. um, Ronald Sisman was actually about to shed some light on the cult and try to get people to rethink that David Berkowitz actually acted alone because he didn't. And um, I guess Ronald Sisman was paid to take this video of one of the Son of Sam killings and it was eating at his conscience and he was going to come forward with it and they pretty much offed him. Wow. This this totally checks out to me. Bro, and that's, uh, I love how it was like Greenwich Village. I wanted to ask, is that in the West, by the way? Greenwich Village. So, um... I get the Wicked Witch of the I West. get the Wizard anyway. of Oz reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the police did talk to David Berkowitz after the tipster, you know, said all this stuff. And they never relinquished a lot of information to David Berkowitz to validate what he was saying. But what they did say to the reporters is maybe he's right because uh, the the license were stolen out of the wallets and there were some other things and actually they would take wall the wallet or the id out of the wallet to prove they had killed the right person and a lot of similar cult murders so they were like maybe there's something to this okay okay all right i i'm I uh, I've only heard of people doing these snuff video killings like in shows and movies and stuff. Oh no, but it's is a it, market for it, bro. No, I'm sure it is. But is it usually tied into the occult, or is this something that just like sick people do? I think there's a whole bunch of people who get off on violent deaths and murders and stuff that aren't involved in the occult, whether it's ritualistic in nature. Of course it is. Maybe they're not practicing occult practices, but they get off watching animals being tortured and people getting murdered and they have these videos on the dark web. But then they're with the son of Sam. There are occult rituals that go around with murders like the murder is for a purpose, not so much just for the jolly of it. And um. To this day, no one has been arrested for the murder of Ronald Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman. Wow. And yeah, to answer that, also, the dark web has everything on it, bro. People like, it's not even like a sexual pleasure. It is a a, a mental stimulant that these sick people get off to in other ways. 
of watching. I know dudes that get off to war porn. And I don't mean that to mean what you're thinking. I mean, like actual like battlefield gore and like live mm-hmm. footage of what's going down in Ukraine, live footage of the uh, genocide that's going down in uh, in Myanmar right, right now. It's they have people that are in the most disgusting realms of existence in every caliber, man. I'll say this. I mean, I could never get down with all that killing or anything, but in a weird way, like maybe just in a way that I was brought up, I played football my whole life. And so there was always this thing on ESPN. It was like NFL Sunday or whatever. Hardest hits and or whatever. It, and well, it was always Tom Jackson and Chris Berman. And it was always the top 10 like hits of the day, right? And um and, and it yeah. was always like he got jacked up, and it was always mm-hmm. like Lewis or Troy Polamalu right. just smashing people. I love that, but as far as killing, bro, no. And you and know that person thing. didn't die, but it's the same thing with watching like MMA or yeah. anything like that. It's a sport, and you realize yeah. these people are consenting adults going into this, and they know they're probably gonna get jacked up at some point, but like Getting off by watching like an innocent person's life being taken away. Like that's when you start to get into like the demonic realm. Like what have you invited into yourself that you cannot get off unless you see that kind of stuff. And for David Berkowitz, like son of Sam, you have to think to these people, it's almost like watching the Kim Kardashian sex tape. It's not like regular porn where you don't know the person who got murdered or the murderer it's you know this person this is david berkowitz that's the victim that's been all over the news and i'm getting to watch him do it right there's this whole celebrity aspect to it it's weird could you imagine if jeffrey dahmer would have actually recorded his killings and somehow the dark web had those you realize how popular those would be oh my because god of the name recognition on that that's the disgusting part that's the disgusting murders part. themselves the murders themselves are probably satanic in nature and everything in between sick people doing sick things but then somebody decides to record it and it used to be for their own personal collection right mm-hmm. then they, wait a minute wait a minute the dark web's out there bro this is content well, they we have this. They actually say that you can kind of spot these uh, these psychopaths or serial killers at a very young age because it usually it typically does start with, you know, the enjoyment of watching the the harming or the killing of animals. Yeah. And that's typically like how the psychopathic mind starts is like you get it off by watching torture of animals, whether yeah. it be squirrels or cats or raccoons or something like that. Um, and actually. Dude, that's funny that we're even talking about this today because there has been, for the past few days, a mouse running around in my house. Oh, my God. My wife is deathly uh, scared of mice for some reason, <laughs> just rodents of all, of all sorts. Like, yeah. I personally, I think that mice are cute. Like, I was looking into buying a capybara because they're awesome. Um, but that being said, so anyway, she's deathly scared, uh, afraid of these things. And uh, so she bought some mouse traps. Well, I didn't know that she bought like the the sticky ones. Which mm-hmm. are, like, dude, that's like so you got one that's like screaming. the worst. It's yeah, a that's slow like the worst death. And um, so uh, that sucks. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I wake up this morning and it's on one of those sticky traps, and I'm, but it's still alive. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking up videos. How do I get it off of this thing so no, I can release it back, it, dude? 
no, I what? No, I'm not that kind of psycho. Um, so I was looking up ways. I mean, it's better than letting it scream itself to death. Well, there's actually a way if, if, a, if a mouse gets on one of those sticky traps and it's still alive, you can pour olive oil onto it. Oh my and, god. And um, like onto the trap so that it loosens up the stickiness. And um, so I put it in a box and I just released it out into the wilderness and I saved its little mouse life. Why? So we could come back in your house. I don't and know. Stuart Little, okay? We're cool okay. with Stuart Little. Like, I'm sorry. He's sticking there, and all I can picture is him just saying, Cinderella, Cinderella. Oh, me. <laughs> so different. I'm not oh doing that God. to you. And you grew up so different. But to segue back to Halloween, I would say this. Like, you could have got, you went and adopted a cat. I know you're not going to because Jude ran out on you being a hoe. Yeah. But come to find out, you cannot adopt black cats in the month of October. For anybody who didn't know that, if you go to an adoption shelter, they will not allow it because too many people have adopted them, specifically black cats, to ritually, ritualistically sacrifice on Halloween. So per United States, Fuckers. can't find this. What is wrong with people? See, that's a part of the reason why I wanted to bring this up, because sure, murders happen all the time, but there's this whole like ritualistic aspect to the ones that happen on Halloween. And it's probably for a reason. The 1970s is when they did that. Yeah. I mean, I, I made a mixed bag for you guys. Some of them are more occult in nature. And then some of them are not as occult in nature, but I want to get your thoughts on why they happened the way that they did. And so Man. that's kind of where we're going to go with this next one. Let's go. That's why we um, love Julia because you always make it so fun. Like this is the fun part of about, about having you on is that it's like it's it's like an interactive thing. Like have you ever seen um the Black Mirror interactive show uh where mm -hmm. you can kind of choose the outcome by picking the choices and stuff. That's how oh, I feel bro, like with you. Bro, she came Thank with a you. fucking game show for us once upon a time. Like let's let's be real. I have a new game show. Maybe we can include it for the Patreon listeners later. Ooh, all right. <laughs> All right. I made it myself. I couldn't find a game worthy for the Cosmic Peach podcast, so I literally created one. So we can play it later if we have time. Cool. If and when we get that conspiracy game board, we have to invite her over to play a game, and we're going to live stream that motherfucker. The Illuminati, oh, dude, yes, the Illuminati card game. So fun. But, <laughs> all right, we're taking a trip back in time now. So I... this first one happened Halloween 1973 in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, very small town. And it's actually a nine-year-old girl named Lisa Ann French. Have you ever heard of her? No. no. Okay. So Lisa dressed as a hobo that year. And back in the 70s, it was cool to just go around trick-or-treating without your parents. Yeah. You just get with a group of friends, you go out trick-or-treating, you come back home within like an hour or two. And up to that point, that was a normal practice. You would never catch somebody sending their kid out by themselves in 2023 <laughs> to go yeah. around. That's how I was brought but, up. Though. My parents stopped bringing us at, at a pretty young age. No, but see, it depends. In Louisiana, no. My parents went out with us until we were like teenagers. Yeah, my parents went, went with me too. But so... She's going around the neighborhood, la-ti-da. She visited a few houses. They said that they saw her. They said she came over, gave her some treats. Uh, then she knocks on the door of this 25-year-old guy named Gerald Turner. Okay, so here's the thing. 
Gerald Turner is not a stranger to her. He actually rented the other half of Lisa Ann French's family's duplex. So they lived together for a number of years side by side. So she already knew who this guy was. And she horribly wrong, horribly fast. Well, she was very comfortable with him because after school, she'd go say hi. If she was playing in the yard and he was outside, he'd come over. He went over to the parents' house, visited with them. She was extremely comfortable with him. And so even after he moved out, she knocks on the door. Oh, it's Gerald. I know you. And she's immediately comfortable. So what does he do? He invites her in. And on that Halloween night, and I'm just going to give a trigger warning. You might want to skip 20 seconds ahead in the episode if this type of brutality unsettles you. But Gerald Turner took Lisa to his bedroom, brutally sexually raped and assaulted her until she stopped breathing. And the official cause of death was asphyxiation and shock. Yeah. Nine years old. Oh, That's my God, dude. And listen what this shitbag did, okay? He attempted to cover up his tracks by wrapping her body up in a freaking garbage bag. And he dumped it in the field somewhere. And it took days for them to finally find her. But when the police put two and two together and showed up at his door, he just fucking melted like a candle. He was like, oh, yep, it was me. He later tried to recant his statement and say that he lied, that it wasn't him. But all the evidence was like stacked. There was no way he was getting out of it. And uh, he was sentenced to 38 years in prison. That's not long enough, in my opinion. No, I don't think so either. Some people deserve a very slow, torturous death. Yeah, the long kiss, good night. To this day, because of what happened to Lisa and French, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin has set trick-or-treating hours and you're prohibited to go out after dark on Halloween. Well, yeah, well, I mean, nowadays people are starting to do it. And and I know whenever I was growing up, I swear it always started whenever it started getting dark. But now it seems that... Halloween is wrapping up like it's it's coming to an end as it's starting to get dark. So it, which is probably for precautionary measure, mm-hmm. I would imagine. I remember it being when the first street light came on, that was your go light. Right? right. You just took off and you got done whenever you would hit every house in your that's, neighborhood. That's kind of how I grew up too. Like the nighttime was the fright time. That's when you go right. out on the prowl and you get your treats and stuff. But At so. Dusk. Ride around on bike and drop uh, fireworks and shit to like, you know, fun things, fun. Yeah. And, And you know, you come home, you have some hot chocolate, you watch a movie or something, you go to bed. Yeah. And then, of course, nowadays with our kids, I think it's uh, in like six to eight. I think, dude, I think like uh, Halloween has official hours of 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And like, that's it. I'm like, dude, we could keep going whether the time says so or not. But. Will be as long as somebody has their shit. their house light on, or if they're sitting outside, you know they're still actively passing out treats. That's what I say. But so, pumpkin for your thoughts, you guys. Okay. Everyone says Halloween is the one night of the year where the dead can walk amongst the living. We've all heard this. 
And whether somebody believes that or not is up to the individual person. But my question to you is rather than the dead walking amongst the living, what if it's more like demonic energy is stronger and can influence people more easily on this night of the year? Because what I've found in a lot of these Halloween murders is that it's parents of their own children or people who had no criminal history whatsoever. Um, And there's actually a professor from Northeastern University that found that violent crimes increased by 50% on Halloween. And with this Lisa Ann French story, what bothered me about it is the dude lived right next door to her for years and had how many opportunities if he really wanted to do that. Why did it have to be this night, this Halloween? So um, I have a couple of different theories as far as this. Maybe he had a certain kink towards a certain age group. That's that's definitely possible. Maybe he was waiting for her to evolve a little bit. Maybe he had to work up his own courage to finally take, you know, to do it or some shit. I don't know. I don't want to even like try to process the mind of a sick fuck like this. I mean, yeah, but, uh, but at the same time, in order to try and understand these fucking creeps it's almost like you know these are certain signs that you know you got to look for it because i know it just be just by uh what was the name of the pedophile movie we went to go watch uh sound of freedom sound of freedom yeah yeah not as a pet not a, I, 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 I said that wrong but um, it was to but, me and i knew what you meant that's all yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um but anyway that those people all specifically had their kink age range. Right. Some people were into like one-year-olds or two-year-olds or here's a fresh five-year-old. Yeah. And so these people are all fucked and maybe he had just one of those things. Now, I know that, uh, you know, internet porn wasn't around back then, Yeah. Um, but still like the child trafficking has been around since the dawn of time probably. Oh, for sure. Right. Um, and also I do want to make this other caveat. It's that, yes, the, the veil is at its thinnest. Maybe that's whenever the, uh, the demonic entities, it is a lot easier for them to cross over. And, you know, uh, the devil tempts the idle hands. And yeah. whenever he, this guy is living at his probably by himself, right? Like he wasn't married. He didn't have, he didn't have any kids. And so that's probably, you know, he probably just saw it as, all right, this is this is going to be it. This is going to be the day. And of all days, I would imagine that October 31st would be the easiest that you could be tempted. Hold on. You said it was what year? 72, 73? 73. Interesting. And this guy, this guy was 25 when he did it. So he was younger okay. than us even. I mean, this has been some shit he had stewing for a while. Well, yeah, because if you even look, I forget what year. I think it was either 71 or 72 when Playboy released their uh, Sugar and Spice edition where you see Shields as nine years old stark naked. This entire magazine. Oh, I'm sorry. Did y'all not know about this? No. no. Brooke Shields, the fucking Hollywood celeb, A-list celebrity. Right. Her first nude appearance was nine years old in Playboy magazine. Hugh Hefner signed off on this bitch in the 70s. You might be on to something with this. What? Now, hold on. Pedophilia was so widely accepted, but just never spoken of back then. How many of these creepy game show hosts do you see kissing these kids on the fucking mouth on TV and nobody batted an eye? That wasn't weird. It was somehow charming for a 55-year-old man to be kissing an eight-year-old girl in the mouth. What the fuck was that? Uh... Okay, now let's cut to, like you said, Halloween and the things that go down on this day. Now, 
Because of my past and because of my experiences with demonic entities, I can say that they feed off of fear. That's literally food for them. Not all of them across the board. Maybe it's a certain type of demonic force or dark entity. I'm sure there's levels to that. We could talk about that all day. But It's I the key ingredient to adrenochrome. I absolutely believe that they feed off of fear. We have now formed this holiday into a fear-based holiday. Being scared, the fright of it, the jump scares, all of that, it's a part of it. So to say that around that time, we equally have a higher number of violent crimes, a higher number of rapes, a higher number of all of this shit. Like, yeah. So you're telling me the demons are being fed more and people are celebrating this fear? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Well, think about the world that we're living in right now, dude. I mean, in America, we have haunted houses. Imagine putting one of them fucking things up in Syria. You think anybody would go (laughs) Dude, we would get blown up so <laughs> They'd fast. burn it down. Exactly. We yeah. would get bombed. We would get vested. We would get jihaded so fast. The first oh, we there, somebody would push the fucking buttons and it'd be done. done. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. That makes me think of Team America when he's like, I put a jihad on. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, man. Could you imagine seeing Hocus Pocus like try to hit the stage? In any way, form in one of these countries, they're like under Sharia law. Ever, especially the second. I love the second one though. I did. I didn't like how they. I like the the theory and the plot. I didn't like how they forced the agenda. There were so many snippets that didn't need to happen. That took they they took away from the story. They didn't add. You know what I mean? Like the mask. Yeah, and they they just looked old and like shitty to me. So well, no, not that part. The trans teen. The, oh, the, oh, oh the well, yeah. I'm just saying, like, even if it didn't include that stuff, I was like, y'all are fucking old as fuck to be like reviving this shit. I know. I'm Can glad we let that, it go. I was happy about it, but Bette Midler, yeah. 75, for Christ's <laughs> sake. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh my! I mean, yeah. she might be. Sarah Jessica Parker's looking that old, but I mean, she, yeah, look. she she definitely looked old now. Role that she looked hot in was Hocus Pocus. The first, first. one, yeah, the yeah. first one, yeah, the yeah. first one for sure. Um, she never looked attractive to me ever again. I'm sorry, corsets do it for it's a thing, it's a I, thing, I guess so. But you know, she's a great actress, I suppose, if you're into that sort of thing, whatever, or sex in the city, or whatever. Yeah, I've never seen it. So, like I said, if you're into that type of thing, they just rebooted that, by the way. I'm sure they did. Oh, they're gonna milk that bitch dry until them old ladies are walk. they're gonna be the new golden girls. <laughs> that would be funny with a fucking air tank still trying to mack on these 25 year old hoish dudes like it's a whole thing uh, yeah i could see that being a fast that would be the 18. new the fast new 18 is gonna come out the same time as sex in the city eight you know what i'm saying it's a whole thing <laughs> yeah sex in the city eight they can't help themselves they just have a winning franchise they're just gonna keep squeezing that rag to get every drop they can out of these old broads i'm telling you I it's think possible. it will it will probably be successful too because the longtime fans, you know, I can imagine if they brought back a, a TV show that I really loved with the same people. Like if they revamped yeah. uh even Stevens and wanted to do that, I would be all oh. about it, you know? Yeah. Could you imagine? I'm a huge Shia LaBeouf fan. So do you I watch the podcast? What's that? Uh, um, the podcast that Christy Carlson Romano and the older brother from uh, Even Stevens, what's his name? Help me out, Wilford. Uh, Wilfernet. I don't okay. know what his name is in real life. Yeah, so they have a podcast together, and they talk about all kinds of shit in Hollywood, not necessarily conspiratorial, but just you know whatever. 
to get them and Shia LaBeouf or anything like that, any kind of adjacent thing of like the old Disney stars doing it for real, they tried that with Girl Meets World. That was a, a big swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't good. Even with Topanga, it just wasn't. I'm still in love with that woman. Good God, she just got better with the age, them curves. Yeah. yeah. Like, Her well, and the Pink Ranger, my Lord. Those were- you and every yeah. other guy who grew up in the 90s. But let me lay uh- <laughs> the next one down on you guys. So back to Halloween murders. So I mentioned what if the demonic energy is easier to manifest on Halloween because a lot of people have no violent history whatsoever. A lot of the people uh, murdered their own children. And that's the next one. Mm. So a lot of people actually have heard about this one, Timothy O'Brien. And he was eight years old. He was murdered on Halloween night in 1974 by his own father. And what his father did actually was he stuffed cyanide into pixie sticks and let him eat them. What? And then tried to blame an old man that lived down the street. Wow. And then he admitted later on that he actually did it. And it was for the insurance money that he just took out on him. Wow, I so, was going to suggest maybe he got tired of paying child support, but no. I mean, have you ever read what a cyanide poisoning death looks like? Yes, I have. As a matter of fact, you. Look I at mean, these, I'm going to spare the listeners, but damn, yeah. it melts you on the inside, right? Yeah. Essentially, essentially. So hold on, now, what year was this? You said 1974, the year after Lisa and French was off. Oh shit! When do you ever hear he- remember hearing about check your candy because they used to poison their kids in the 70s with this candy? They have never seen a candy company have some sort of accidental release of some poison. The only ones you hear about are shit like this. Yep. His so name is Timothy O'Brien. Wow. The whole country was on high alert for this to happen. So he just planned it out to where he could blame the creepy old dude down the street. Yes. He and waited for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And the police actually went and like tossed his place and was like, hey, that we heard that you get handed out pixie sticks on Halloween and this this boy is dead. And the guy was like, dude, I wasn't even home. Right. I, I wasn't even passing out candy. And oh. then the dad was like, oh, fuck. Well, yeah, it was me. <laughs> like, what? Oh. That is so strange because, I mean, first of all, if he wouldn't have ratted himself out, why would why would anybody assume that it was his dad? I mean, it is Halloween mm-hmm. giving out candy. So as soon as, you know, that that guy had an alibi and he said that he wasn't home, why would he instantly just fold like that? That's kind of a weak move. I know. Well, I think maybe so again with this whole Halloween angle. This guy had no violent history whatsoever, hadn't heard a fly until this night, and then poisoned his own son with cyanide poisoning. I mean, it's just, and then, you know, you get to November, Halloween's over, they're investigating the crime, and he folds, you know, like a house of cards. Why? Is it because Halloween has this energy around it? Would he have done it otherwise? Yeah, that sounds about right, too, because 
I'm saying, dude, there's definitely something going on with Halloween. And um, I think that, you know, we just uh, recently did a did an episode on alcohol or, you know, the the alcohol. Right. And it's like supposed to be the the alcohol demon or whatever that uh, supposedly whenever, you know, because alcohol and wine and beer and all that are not wine so much, but um, it's said to have spirits. And mm-hmm. so it's said to be like, it's almost like everybody, everybody who drinks like heavy like that, it's almost like you're inviting a spirit into your body. And I, I compared it to like playing with a Ouija board if you're drinking too much, because there's some, you're turning into a whole extra person. And I think that, you know, maybe you might be able to compare that to Halloween in a way, if you open yourself up to any of this negative shit then you're essentially inviting what may be coming on the other side a little bit easier, specifically on October 31st. Well, and you know what's weird is they say that they used to dress up uh, in costumes to frighten the dead away or whatever that wives' tale is. And oh. it's like they're dead. What do they have to be fucking as scared of? Like, that thing, it never made sense death. to me. Yeah. People, okay, so I have a family member I'm not going to name, but this person believes, like, they don't want to be cremated because that just means that, like, God's got to have all that extra work to put them back together when he gets to heaven. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You understand, like, your body doesn't go there, right? He's like, well, yeah, it does because, like, yeah, this and this. Like, people have so many different beliefs as far as what death is and what happens next and what it surrounds with. So, yeah, like, costumes to scare the dead away because, like, I guess the dead ain't at their final destination or something. They're, well, there's, and they're there's, also scared of six-year-olds in, in gremlin costumes. Damn right. Right. Well, there's the idea of purgatory, right? right. Okay. There's the idea that some uh, don't want to cross over yet because they're, they're judging themselves too hard. And that's why you get the whole idea of, well, usually the ones, anytime there's a ghost story, all, like 99% of the time, it's always like a negative thing. Right. Mm-hmm. right. It's because the people haven't accepted or they they don't want to leave because sometimes it it's uh, addiction involved. So like um, like if you're a meth addict or a heroin addict or uh, an alcoholic or any or, or maybe like a sex addict, that it's said that whenever you die and you're getting ready to transfer over to the to the next realm or heaven or whatever you believe that a lot of times that addiction will keep you attached here. And that's what that's, you know, that's where the spirits come from. That's a story. Or something, something even like having a violent death. I think you might not even realize you're dead. If you got shot in the head and it was an instant death, are you going to, you're going to be like, what the fuck, what the, where the fuck am I? You might hang around. That's what I'm saying. Because you're like, am I even dead? Like, what just happened right now? Yeah. Well, it depends on what you think as far as, you know, who is coming to your bedside whenever you die. You know, is it is it going to be your auntie or your uncle or your grandpa that has passed or some kind of grim reaper to assist you? And maybe it's different if you get shot in the head unexpectedly. Maybe it's different if you get run over by a truck or something like that. See, we can hypothesize all of these things till the cows come home. That's my point. Culturally speaking, relevant to your background, everybody's got a million interpretations of what happens next. Who knows, man? I can't wait to find out. But, you know, until then... And then you have people who don't even know, they don't even know if there is a next. But next on my list (laughs) is uh, one that turned into a whole fucking Netflix series. Okay. Okay. And the Netflix series was called Making a Murderer. I don't know if you guys saw that on there. 
I never watched it, but I've seen the bits of it. Yep. Yep. It was Teresa Hallback, and she was 25, murdered on Halloween 2005. And um, there is an ongoing debate over the identity of her killer to this day. But a guy named Stephen Avery was arrested and he's currently serving a life sentence because they found her charred remains in a burn pile on his property. But if you watch this series and look at a lot of the evidence that's come to light, he might actually have been framed. I know it sounds crazy, but it's one of those Netflix series. You got to watch it till the end and you're so sure it's him. And then you're kind of like, no, there's no way it could be him. And so this did occur Halloween 2005. No one's found the definitive evidence to um, say, yes, it's Stephen Avery. But a lot of people do think it was him. Mm. Okay. So is it possible that, they just found her remains on 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 Halloween, or is it possible that she died a couple of days earlier, or is it for sure that right. the day that she got she, fried? Was uh, she was like some kind of a photographer, and she called her friend on the way to Stephen Avery's home because she was going to take some kind of photographs for him, and then they found, and that was on Halloween, and then they found her body. I think the next day or, or a couple days later when she never called back or returned home and she was in a burn pile on his property. And they were like, okay, we knew she was on her way to his house. We know she knew him and that she was going to be alone there. And she's dead in a burn pile on his yard. Guilty. See, that's another job that I never thought about before. But on-site photographers, that could be t potentially very dangerous for them, especially a young woman. Oh, like, fuck, yeah. Like, I've never thought about that. Like you hear about the, uh, the massage therapist that will come to your home and like that more or less these days is like a sideline for prostitution. If you're looking at the right place, but like that is dangerous as hell. We, we had that one girl that died, uh, in LP a couple years back doing that. I went to high school with her. Right. Yes. Yeah, so she went over to, to give a quote unquote massage straight. Right? And it was understood that that's what she was doing. I don't know if it was handies or whatever, but yeah. there was something sexual going on there for sure. And um, I guess she was uh, she was actually engaged or or with somebody. Yeah. Right. Apparently and that was her pimp. Yeah. I went to high school with both of them and um, it was it was so strange. Nobody really expected this to be going on because she seemed like such a nice girl. Right. Like that was my perspective, my perspective of her is that she wouldn't be doing shit like that. But that being said, you know, an aspiring uh, masseuse. Right. Um, going over. And the 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 story was, is that she was always going over to these people's houses. And not only would she be pleasing them sexually, but it was always said that she was going over there to steal. Now, oh. this is this is during the time where, you know, um, bars like bars and, uh, you know, all the different kind of drugs were going on, like oh. the, the mind numbing ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, shit. so what happened was, is that uh, the guy actually confessed and he even told the story. So whenever the cops showed up to her house uh, to his house, because the boyfriend or the pimp or whatever you want to call him, said that that was the last known location. Um, the guy said, yeah, I killed her. And he was just some guy that was living alone. He goes, yeah, I killed her. I stuffed her into a uh, into a, a Tupperware container or one of those big um, yeah, rubber made containers. Yeah. And he goes, 
dude, he wrapped her in head, man. Yeah, he wrapped her inside of this plastic cellophane or something, and then stuffed her into a Rubbermaid thing and like chopped her up and shit too. It's fucking brutal. What the fuck? Yeah, but it said that uh, he goes, yeah, I killed her because she was fucking stealing from me. Uh, He went, he was like, uh, she was preparing all of you know the the oils and the towels and stuff like that, and he went to the bathroom, I guess to. Um, you know, just just to go to the bathroom and he comes back and he notices that she's like stealing his laptop and and hard drives and, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. And he's like, all right, well, that's it. And he completely confessed. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. Instant death for you. Yeah. I so would have like, just called the cops, but silly me. Well, you know, at that point, <laughs> death is so much like, easier. He paid her to come over here for sex. He's not thinking like she's got some sort of whole backstory and a family that loves her and stuff. She's a prostitute at this point. So at that time, you pretty much see them as an object, I suppose. And he's like, oh, well, I guess fuck this. Your pimp's going to have to find a new a new employee and said, fuck it. Didn't realize. Wow. Yeah. Boyfriend. And that mm-hmm. she like yeah, anyway, anyway, neither here nor there. My point is, though. That type of work, I understand, has an inherent danger to it. I never thought about photographers. You think about that. A woman gets called to do a a photo shoot for some family or some client, whatever, goes alone. The place is verified, whatever. Dude, that's sketchy as fuck. They could literally bash you over the head, stick you in the trunk, and drive off to wherever with you. That's it. That's gone. Well, especially, too, if you think about it, like, it's not always meeting at the house. Sometimes it's, like, out in a field, sunflower. Very remote locations. Like, hey, there's this horse farm, like, 20 miles away from here that's just gorgeous for photos. You meet them there. They literally bash you over the head, stick you in the trunk, and they find your fucking body two weeks later in a burn pile. I feel like this is a whole backstory to most of the Law and Order series. I could be wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Or Criminal Minds. Yeah. 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 Well, next thing you know, you're fucking pig feet, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Like they said in the movie Stitch, do not trust a man that has pigs on his farm. farm. Like Lilo uh, and Stitch? No, no, no. Uh, Stitcher. Excuse me. Okay. The British movie. But Brad Pitt's the uh the pikey fucking Irish boxer. Right. Yeah. Remember, the mob boss was telling them, look, a pig can eat a human body all the way down to the teeth in 48 hours. Do not trust a man that has a pig farm out of nowhere. Savages, bro. That's wild. That's why, then, that's why I'm not big on pork chops, bro. Look, I'm just going to be real with you. It. In Louisiana, in most of our bayous, as a matter of fact, you bury a body 18 inches below the surface and bury it. It's gone in three days, dude. Oh, yeah, the bacteria just eats it alive. Yeah, the Or you of... could just feed them to the gators. Well, that's kind of a messy process, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's <laughs> they a might, they might be picking and choosing. They find a hand here, a foot there. You got uh, some scraps left behind. Yeah, they just like rotten meat better than fresh meat. That's oh, the fuck. Oh, God. All right, next person. Now... <laughs> Yeah, beef smelts is a thing. Like you take a rotten beef liver and squeeze them juices out in the water, it'll call them from all over. They that's the thing. these guys on TV feeding them this fucking fresh chicken quarter. Like, yeah, that's good for the ones at the zoo, but the ones in the bayou, they want the sludge. They let want it, the trash. Wow. Let it sit out in the sun for a couple of days. How many of these gators have we found on trot lines, dude? That fucking I don't know if you know what a trot line is, do you? Yes. Okay, so a trot line, you'll get a fucking turtle, a snap on there and get hooked. A gator will come and snap onto that turtle and die. And mm. that's a turtle that's been dead for like weeks before that gator even smelled it to come and fuck with it. It's oh fuck fast. that. Oh yeah. I eat gator bites. 
I do love had- gator bites. Yeah, they're delicious. Have I had gator bites? Girl, I'm in Louisiana. What was you talking about? Yeah. Oh my god, I've With probably gator. eaten snapping turtle asshole that's been rotted because friggin' their diet sucks. It does, but that's what they love. They don't want no fresh vegetation. They want shit that's been dead for a couple of days and is bloated. That's their shit. Gator is the true chicken of the sea, bro. It's the chicken of the bayou. Yeah. Actually, no, I think, the bayou. I think I'm back, dude. On some real shit, Nutrad. That no, is the chicken of the bayou. Listen at me now. It is a fresh vegetation eating herbivore. It doesn't touch trash. The fact that it's called rat, it's a beaver that's got a stump tail, dude. It's one of the ugliest creatures you'll ever lay eyes on. And it is so delicious. And there is very little fat on this thing. The fucking fur is so waterproof and so warm. Look, I'm telling you, Nutrat, although it is a vermin and it is tearing up our ecosystem, that, in my opinion, is the chicken of the bayou, dude. Come at me with some I can't believe you've eaten one of those nasty things. Either that or raccoon, but that's too greasy. At that point, you got to before you grill it. It's a whole process. I want to eat rocket raccoon, bro. Oh, man, yeah. I know dudes that have uh, raccoon dicks as toothpicks. They wear on their neck as, like, necklaces. It's a bone. Oh, oh yeah, that's an actual yeah. Shit, I know a dude lives in my neighborhood. His nickname is Coon Dick. <laughs> of course. Oh my God. Is. See, yeah, I feel like you guys eat like fried raccoon's asshole on a stick or something. <laughs> shit. I have had fried <laughs> raccoon before, but it's not like my every Tuesday meal. Like, I mean, it's there's way better produce at the store. You know what I'm saying? Tames, I feel tames, you. I feel homework. you. <laughs> All right. Now. Moving on to our next victim here. And it's funny we were talking about this, like, drowning and all this stuff in the bayou. Because, have you heard of the smiley face killer? I have. Let's go. Okay. So, I've done a few episodes with William Ramsey on the smiley face killer. And people really don't even want to admit that it is a killer. They just say that they're accidental drownings, that they're not correlated or connected in any way, that they just keep finding... The same, around the same age, college student men face down in a ravine or somewhere in water, shallow water too. And they always say accidental drowning, but it's kind of a cult, not kind of, it is a cult in nature. And William Ramsey has talked about how they have to be connected because someone can't be dying in the same way over and over and over and over and over again and it not be related i guess you know yeah it's the same mo now actually there's one chris jenkins and he disappeared the night of halloween in 2002 and he was discovered four months later in the mississippi river still in his halloween costume with all the same characteristics as the other smiley face murder victims. Whoa. That lines up. Okay. So what our theory is, is that they keep them somewhere and torture them for a very long time. And then they dump their bodies somewhere in water. Okay. Yeah, that would, that would check out. Now the body I'm assuming like they're, and that's the thing, depending on how long it is before they're found, you can never tell like how much mutilation had happened prior to time of death. And like you can generalize things a certain way, but there's it's really, really difficult to get a real estimate on that type of thing whenever you have a body that's been out for God knows how long. Bloated, discolored, yeah. decomposing. And the people who were with Chris that night say that he was actually 
walking by himself out of a bar because they went to a bar for a Halloween party. They were all in costumes. They broke off, split off. He was walking alone down the sidewalk and they never saw him again. And then he turns up four months later in the Mississippi River face down, still in his Halloween costume. Now, that's what I was going to say. Did the body look like it had been there for months or like it had just been there? Like maybe a week. Oh. So, I mean, it was still bloated and decomposing, but he hadn't been in there for months, if you know what I'm saying. Remind me again how what time of year or what uh what area of the country was this? Um, so I didn't write that down. I I have that a, he was found in the Mississippi River and he was killed in 2002. Okay. So people can go and look up Chris Jenkins though. They say that they've never been able to find his murderer. But if you know what we know, the smiley face killer is a very occult in nature. And there's probably a group of people working together all around the country doing this to young men. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, especially then it was a pretty common thing uh, about the whole smiley face killer or killers. What was that? Uh, there was a, a show that it came out. It was like only on Facebook. I could find it. And it was a whole backstory to like this teenage girl that was pretty much her parents were both members of the smiley face cult. And the mask was like a burlap sack with like two black eyes and a black smiley face. All these adults from around this little town would come together and meet. And it was a a cult that would do Mm -hmm. all kinds of these things. And basically their whole premise was to be anti-victimhood. Like as soon as one of these, even within themselves, in their own ranks, if a member ever tried to take a stance of, oh, woe is me in any way, like they would infight and kill them immediately. Like they did not put up with the victimhood. People that would not take charge of their life to such a degree were the victims of these killings. And it was a whole thing. This teenage girl was like taking vlogs and she was like trying to have normal teenage experiences, but couldn't because her parents were fucking, you know, occultist serial killers. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It went over like two seasons. Jesus. Well, you know I what it makes know if it was based on this or not, but it sounds like it. Yeah. Didn't they in Forrest Gump? They pretty much said Forrest Gump was responsible for the smiley face. In Forrest Gump. Oh, no, there was a T-shirt that went around in the seventies that had a smiley face and said "Have a nice day." That was yeah. the reference to that. It was one of those things that like our parents understood watching the show, but we didn't. Just like because the bumper sticker I, right after that, the shit happens one. That was a really, really popular bumper sticker for that day and age. But like our generation never saw that growing up. Okay. So like, Cause I know like when I was little, there would be a person at Walmart that would like greet you and give you a, fi- a smiley face sticker. Yeah. 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 I remember that. There was also a, a wrestler um, back in the day called Mankind. Yeah. And he was the one that wore like the mask, but it was like straps and shit. And he was. Yeah, the leather straps because his face was all mangled or whatever. Right. Well, no, I mean, well, that was the idea, but that's not how it was. Right. Um, But anyway, it's Mick Foley, but he always wore the T-shirt that said have a nice day with the smiley face on it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they licensed it to certain people. I think Walmart actually finally got the whole license to that smiley face or at least theirs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They yeah. had those smiley face stickers. They'd give you one every time. They were all over the fucking carts and shit. Yeah. Yep. And um, <laughs> what's weird, well, not weird because it makes sense, but every victim they have found of the smiley face killer, when they look, there's a smiley face somewhere nearby. So that's the premise behind it is the symbolism behind the smiley face. Every victim, if you look hard enough, you'll find one carved in a tree. You'll find one spray painted on the wall. It's there where wherever you look. Um, but so this next one, 
This next one I feel like is really going to get you guys because I was very surprised not more people know about this. Have you ever heard of Martha Moxley? No. Yes, but I'm drawing a blank as to why. I might be getting her and Lindsay Borden confused, I'm going to be honest with you. You will you will be surprised. So, 1975. So we had 1973 Lisa Ann French, 1974 Timothy O'Brien. 1975, Martha Moxley, 15 years old. She was found dead on her family's property in the affluent neighborhood of Greenwich, Connecticut. Another Greenwich. Another Greenwich. Her family came to suspect that she'd been murdered by their teenage neighbor, Michael Skakel. So what's so interesting about Michael Skakel? He turns out to be the nephew of Robert Kennedy. Oh, get out of here. Mm-hmm. By way of his wife, Ethel. So he grew up in the Kennedy family. And it said Michael spent most of October 30th with Martha Moxley and his 17-year-old brother, Tommy. But he says... At some point, they left and went to their cousin's house and Martha went home. And he doesn't know what happened to her after that. But on Halloween the next day, Martha was found dead under a tree in her backyard. She'd been bludgeoned and stabbed with a golf club to such an extent that the golf club had shattered. And investigators searched the scene and they found a matching golf club in the Skakel residence. Wah, wah. So, so wow. They it's just covered so that. You know they covered that shit up. You had know to. it had to be him. If there's any connection to the Kennedys, we have to cover this up with government money immediately. We cannot let the image of the Kennedy name be tarnished. Well, it's mafia ties as well. Exactly. Right? And so, well, especially since, you know, depending on what story you believe about Marilyn Monroe, the one of the stories is, is that, you know, whenever she, quote unquote, overdosed in her room. Right. I think um, that was Jackie. I think that was Jackie's revenge. It it could have been. I don't think so, because uh-huh. the story goes that not only was uh, Marilyn Monroe sleeping with JFK, but also RFK, too. For sure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. supposedly JFK or RFK said a little bedside secrets and Marilyn Monroe was going to be exposing that shit. And she goes, look, I'm going to come out and say it. She announced it. I hate when they do that. I'm going to I'm going to tell the government secrets. And then you're surprised whenever you show up dead the next day um, before you ever even get the chance to say anything. But the 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 crazy part is, is that she ends up uh, she ends up being found dead. And what most people actually track it back to is that RFK is the one that was the one that actually ended up killing her, um, whether it be by the the pills or the alcohol or whatever. So I'm not even surprised that this is another uh, RFK related thing. Right. And now RFK Jr. is trying to run for president. Get the fuck out of so here. This would be his cousin. Right. That is insane. His first cousin, if that is correct, is a absolute murderer, was like found, but then was pushed under the rug and he killed her with a it golf was, club. It was pushed under the rug so fucking fast and they never found anyone else who they could even remotely tie it to. And let's not forget that the Kennedy family lobotomized the youngest sister of the Kennedys. They sure the fuck did. I did do like um, 
I did a three-hour episode on what really happened to Marilyn Monroe for the listeners. I'm actually going to revive it and add some more information because I got autopsy reports. I got, it's fucking crazy. Um, okay, good, but- good, good. We need you for that. We need you for that. And I need, I want to bounce one off of you. And this is just a Jacob theory. This is not founded in any type of facts. Will you be mad if I say you're wrong? No, not at all. This is okay, just hit me. Three. But I also know the wrath of a scorned white woman. Okay, this is something <laughs> I know very well. I am throwing out a hypothetical. Okay, keep in mind, Jackie O and uh, who was a uh, RFK or uh, Robert Kennedy's wife, whoever I forget her name. Ethel. Ethel. Okay, these women were equally as connected as their husbands. They were equally welcomed and beloved by the country. They had pull whether they wanted to actually like let that be known or not. So, is it a crazy? concept to think that both of these women to protect their husband's image to protect their marriages images and to protect all the business dealings that would have blown the lid off of everything for them as well that these white women didn't decide to handle up on behalf of their dead husbands on some like baby girl keeping it 10 toes down and holding down for their men and they're covering the tracks and all that shit I'm just throwing out a hypothetical as a theory it's it's not that far fetched it's not um if I'm able to do the full breakdown with you guys, it's very extensive, and I feel like you will walk away knowing 100% with absolute certainty what happened to her. Yes. Um, that's my thing. That's what I do. There are no questions left unanswered. You will know everything that happened that night. But could it have been said most of these ladies, though? Maybe. So um, the weird thing is, is Marilyn Monroe died just a few days after she sang happy birthday to the president in that oh. iconic dress that Kim Kardashian later wore. And so they were both still alive when she died. And Robert Kennedy actually paid a visit to her house the morning of her death. That's right. So a lot of people do suspect that he had something to do with it. All right. We I can't wait to have you come on uh, come on the cult and just do that whole Marilyn Monroe show that I love getting like talking about Marilyn Monroe because it kind of still is like a it's a it's a huge conspiracy, bro. Like oh, there's so many details. It's like it's like the game Clue. There's so many levels to it. The more you dig in, the more mystery there is surrounding it. It's it's a very fun one to talk about for sure. I love you guys that. will enjoy it. So we'll have to set it up because I I really have a lot of stuff on her. Um bro? And I actually was going to be so disappointed if our audio issues messed up this next one because it's the last one, the last Halloween murder. And I feel like it's the craziest tie back of all time. But so we're going to be talking about Shirley Ledford. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. And she's the Halloween murder victim of the toolbox killers. Oh, the ones that stab them people up with them, the screwdrivers? Listen to this shit, okay? I had actually never heard of the toolbox killers until I did this research, which, for how gruesome and depraved their killings were, I'm surprised I hadn't heard of them before. So, I guess, how old are you? I'm 28. Okay, so were you privy to the internet around the time of Two Girls, One Cup? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so 
that I have to ask that. Sorry to trigger anybody out there, but that's a good like indication as to what generation of internet wildness you were exposed to. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Right. So I remember once upon a time, these Russian teens, it was like discovered that they were, they were called the toolbox killers. And we weren't watching the videos of them of what they, uh, it was more or less like the story from Russia or from some country. I never actually knew if it was Russia or Germany or what. But basically, these kids were just like abusing these people with screwdrivers and hammers and all this shit. And not just them. They started with like dogs, went into these old people, and then they finally were caught. We saw clips of these videos because that was what was allowed on YouTube at the time. But it wasn't like raw footage. It was like a news article, but it was Russian. So it showed like the shit. Dude, they must have named themselves after the toolbox killer's namesake because they were rampant in the 70s. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you guys are going to fucking freak out. Okay, so by October 31st, 1979, Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris, the so-called toolbox killers, had already killed four women. Whoa. And their last victim they took on Halloween... And these fucking devils abducted a 16-year-old girl named Shirley Lynette Ledford, picked her up while she was hitchhiking on the side of the road, took her to a secluded location, and they tortured her to death. But the way that they did it, the way that they did it, I have never heard anything like this in my entire life. And again, trigger warning, okay, just for anybody who this it's too gruesome they don't want to hear it just skip about 20 seconds ahead in the episode okay right she was raped sodomized they smashed her elbows with sledgehammers into pieces and they twisted her tits off with pliers oh they used to be a medieval torture type they have a device made specifically for that they twisted her tits with pliers and miraculously she lived she lived through all of that whoa that's a uh medieval purple nurple Uh, well the device was for the entire boob not just like the nipple like it was a whole they have like it's like claws oh what yeah that sounds even worse like the internal web um, two claws are raising medieval medieval titty twister but That was not her official cause of death. Her official cause of death is she lived through all of that other stuff and they strangled her to death with a coat hanger. Fuck. After they did all of that. That poor girl. And I'm sure like me, everyone wants to know what happened to these fuck sticks. Yeah. So get this shit. Damningly. They fucking recorded the entire mutilation on video and then showed it to their friends and bragged about it. And it made one of them so fucking sick to watch it that they ran immediately and told police what they had seen. What was the age range with the these these individuals? They were in their 20s. Oh my disgusting humans. I'm telling you, slow torturous death is what they deserve. So the tape of Ledford's prolonged torture was played for the jurors at the trial in 1981. And the prosecutor told the jurors before he started the tape 
for those of you who do not know what hell looks like, you will find out. That's what he said before he played the tape. I believe during the playing of the tape, the jurors threw up, they cried, they had to leave. I mean, it was awful. So Lawrence Bittaker was sentenced to death and Roy Norris, this little shitbag, agreed to testify against Lawrence and he was just sentenced to life in prison. See, that's why the movie Law Abiding Citizen was a thing. Literally this. And I mean, so the toolbox killers have since died, but even Bittaker sat in fucking death row until 2019. And Roy Norris died in 2020. And apparently they inspired these other Russian kids or whatever they did in the 2000s. So this is what caught my attention and why I have to bring this up to you guys. I wanted to do some more deep diving because you don't get these type of psychopaths just in your run of the mill, you know, psycho. This is to the next level. I mean, twisting somebody's tits off and doing all that. This is some crazy ass shit. Is it design type shit? So I began my research. Lawrence Bittaker, born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, put up for adoption as an infant and raised by adoptive parents. In I'm front- not going to be the, this way, bro. I, look, man, it, it sucks. And it sucks that it's in Pittsburgh. I I'm know. from Pittsburgh. But at the same time, he was a child of the system. And he was a child of the yeah. system. That's kind of where I was getting at. And from what it sounds like, his adoptive father was in the military or Air Force or something like that. And they moved around a lot. Okay. And he got in a ton of trouble as a kid all the way into adulthood. I mean, his rap sheet was like a mile long, but so was Roy Norris. The weird thing is Roy Norris was born in Greeley, Colorado, like not even remotely close to each other. But his parents were like drug addicted scumbags. So Roy was in and out of foster care his entire life. Claims he was sexually abused by his foster parents. And that led to his deviant sexual behavior. But here's where it gets me. He ended up dropping out of high school, joined the U.S. Navy and served in the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yeah. I've said this before, like the the parameters to check if somebody's crazy or not before sending them into war is not what they should be. I've said this before, man. The Marine Corps, I'm telling you, has taken some people that they really shouldn't have, but they would fill a specific or, role well, you know what I mean? If you read the book Program to Kill by um, David McGowan, you'll notice how a lot of people were normal or maybe had a little something wrong with them until after they get out of the army and then you have ted bundy jeffrey dahmer like all the main 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 serial killers they were in the military yeah well there's a lot of brainwashing that goes on in there but then there's also you know there's the ptsd i mean they know secret secret government programs that go on maybe they see a jeffrey dahmer type and they're like yeah that one put him in project monarch and see, that's the thing. I can only speak to the military circa 2010 to 2014 and only to my small section of the overall pie that is the United States Department of Defense. You know what I mean? But all that to say, we have so many stories of shit that was going down in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s by our Department of Defense. Now, I, I don't know what it was and wasn't going down while I was in the stuff that I did see. I wasn't really 
particularly fond of. But as far as the dark web government or dark web, the the in the shadow realms, government entities and programs that operate, we have so many stories about how these things have played out to this day. I mean, yeah, this is not crazy to me. And I mean, it also makes sense that a certain person could be used strategically if guided and molded the proper way. I understand this. The argument I always make is when you look at some of these big ones that they always make Netflix documentaries on, like Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer, there are so many killers out there that have done just as heinous of crimes, but they don't get their own Netflix special. And I almost wonder if they're not proud of these guys. Like, they they are homegrown. Like, hey, look what we created. They were both in the military. And so these two fuckbags actually end up raping and assaulting their way in and out of jail over the years. And actually Norris, the one who served in Vietnam, was diagnosed by the military psychologist with schizoid personality disorder or DID, dissociated identity disorder. Okay, I could see that. That checks out. You know, and this is this is around the same time, right? Like you remember the movie uh Full Metal Jacket, right? Yeah, it's Vietnam. Mm-hmm. That was um Look at Stanley Kubrick film. The one, dude, the one dude killed himself, Fucking right? Gomer Pyle. Think about that. That was the military at that time. That was the boot camp and training at that time. Yeah, yeah. You have to literally turn off your emotions in order to get through those kind of times, I think. Speaking you from have ex- to turn off your humanity switch. Yeah. Which can lead to murder later on if you have no humanity whatsoever and you just want to feel something. Yeah will probably do that for you but so well, they have curtailed for the record anybody listening i'm not shitting on the entire military they have i, I never like to to make blanket statements but what i will say is when you see a certain correlation between events happening over and over and over again uh, in this case serial killers be, and being in the military and all of them having some type of like dissociative identity disorder i'm sure jeffrey dahmer did I'm sure Ted Bundy did. I mean, they acted one way with their family and then at nighttime they turned into the boogeyman. I mean, that's not, that's almost, you have to program that into somebody just like with Project Monarch and and this SRA type abuse. Well, there's a lot of like mental health issues, right? Like how many uh, veterans per day are killing themselves, right? 22. There's a lot. It's high as fuck, bro. But I will say this also to any parents listening that- children may be looking to join the military understand that yes these things in the past were as bad as you're thinking of the horror stories of boot camp and like a platoon of recruits were marched into a river and like were drowned because they were just following orders of the drill instructor they were fearful of their life from it yes these things have happened however these days things have gotten a lot better they have more humanity about it they are allowed more free time they're allowed there there's it's different it's still brainwashing and it's still training them to be a better person and a more productive person but it has been geared more towards the individual of today's world i agree and disagree with that to certain respects and to certain points well, i agree with you but i think in my conspiracy mind i think it's just become more compartmentalized okay I just I feel like there's the military for people that are going to do military stuff. And then they have all these car- compartmentalized projects where you have to be a certain type of individual to even get access to these special projects and programs. So oh, for sure. Anything right. in the um, intelligence, anything with uh, counterintelligence, even within the <laughs> Department of Defense, like understand that's that secret squirrel shit that we don't know about. But like random. Exactly. 
Yeah, your random admin clerk is like not a part of the system. You, you know what I'm Thank saying? Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly what what I'm going for. Is like they have these car compartmentalized things that you have to be selected for in order right. to to know about that kind of stuff. But the the weird thing. So how do we get this guy from Colorado and this guy from pretty much nowhere because he grew up all over the U.S. meeting? They're both psychopaths. And how do they form this union? And the circumstances in which they met make no sense whatsoever. It's all very, very, very vague. And the information that you can find glazes over the meeting at all. You almost can't find a story on how they met. Um, but what I did find is they're actually the originators of the white rape van, the GMC Vandura. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know this is where it started. The free Holy candy shit. van was started by these fucks in, in Colorado? Or where did they start? Um, I'm going to get to that in just a second, but they did start it. They are the originators of the white rape van, and they nicknamed their rape van Murder Mac, M-A-C. So do you all know about Mickey Mouse and, like, the Mac the Knife shit and, and all that? Yeah, a little bit, but uh, go over just it go over it. Yeah, for everybody that's listening. So the morbid origins of Mac the Knife include murder, rape, killing children, so on and so forth. And this was an actual person who ran rampant and they actually had a uh, a song written about him. And there's two versions of the song. There's more of like a theater type song. And then there's a song that Frank Sinatra and, and some uh, more popular singers, Mac the Knife song. But it's based on a real dude who raped and killed children and murdered people. And his nickname was Mackie Messer. And you can kind of guess from that where Mickey Mouse came from, because it was actually going to be Mackie Mouse after Mackie Messer, but then Whoa. they changed it to Mickey Mouse. Whoa. He was also known to wear white gloves. Yeah, which a lot of the Disney characters are. And you're saying that this killer also was known wearing those white gloves? Yes. Wow. Holy oh, wow. Shit. And they named their rape van Murder Mac. Of course. And now, of course, nowadays, well, not nowadays, but always has been. Think of the ice cream truck. It's always the it's always the rape van, bro. Well, Every single time. Anything that attracts children like that is something that is immediately going to appear sus. Right. Yeah. But then like the ice cream man, like it depends because there's been how many of these would have been poisoning kids. I or mean, we're the just taking them on board. Yeah. The reason that they use this GMC Vandura and they are the originators of it is because they mostly picked their victims up while they were hitchhiking. So they would just slide the door over, grab them, pull them in, close the door back. Oh, wow. And so getting back to, to like the origins of like how they met. Again, is it by fate or design that these two end up finding their way to each other in no other than the great state of California? Ah, uh, in the Laurel Canyon area. Here we go. Oh no! Here we go. There's so much that ties back to Laurel Canyon, dude. You, it's like it's like Rome when it comes to this time period in American history. All roads lead back to Laurel Canyon. 
It's like mm-hmm. how many times do we have to see, you know, Bill Gates and George Soros involved in sketchy shit? It's like it's Laurel Canyon. And what do we know about Laurel Canyon in the military? So that is why I ask you, does that play a part to do with what, how they ended up becoming murderers? I mean, they ran rampant in Los Angeles in the Laurel Canyon area, and then they dumped their victims an hour away in the San Gabriel mountains. Mm, Yeah. I mean, it's just, to me, it sounds even ritualistic. That's a very ritualistic area. Those mountains are seen from, you could look back at all the tribes that were native to that area hundreds of years ago. Those mountains are very, very symbolic. I mean, and these are Halloween rituals, so to say, right? If they're happening on Halloween and then doing a ritualistic thing, these two people not coming from any part of the same country and then meeting up in fucking California at Laurel Canyon and doing (laughs) some of the most ritualistic shit ever. Of course it is. Yes, and their last victim, their very last victim before they were locked up forever and then died was on Halloween. It was Shirley Ledford. Wow. Okay, so this was the one that got them finally caught. Yes. I mean, you're talking about the originators of the rape van coming out of the Laurel Canyon. We're talking about Murder Mac and Mac the Knife and shit coming out of the Laurel Canyon. I mean, I'm so sick of harping on this one subject and like trying to get people to understand that it's all connected. And something as simple as me Googling Halloween murders has led me back to the canyon. It'd be like that. It's really fucked, but it'd be like that. Well, and then, too, I mean, you've come on our show before and you've talked about Disney and the dissociation that happens within, you know, the abduction of kids. They 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 say, well, you know, don't act like this. You're not you right now. You're Cinderella right now. Right. And so you tie that back into making that Mickey Mouse is where it all started anyway. Yep. (laughs) Right. Yes. Didn't know that story came from a murderer. That's a new one for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, Max man. knife. Yeah. And the, the craziest thing, too, about their tie in with, of course, as you all know, NASA. But it's just the the military angle. People like to talk about how Warner Von Braun and Walt Disney and Stanley Kubrick were a trio of sorts and they were all besties and whatever. And they love to talk about The Shining, but they forget about Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. That's yeah. dissociation. What is he trying to really tell us in that movie? And then when they're walking back, they're singing the Mickey Mouse song. Boom. Oh, I was going to say it. I was going to say it. Why am a USC Mickey Mouse? Mickey Mouse. They're all saying that as they're walking through a school. Told ya. Told ya. Told ya. <laughs> oh, there are no coincidences, dude. There uh, really aren't. Just saying. No, but I mean, that's what I have. That's what I have for you guys tonight. So I feel like just to to kind of go back over it, we had the son of Sam. We have a relative of the Kennedys, the smiley face killer, Laurel Canyon. It's all culminating here on Halloween. And I just have to ask you guys again, the, the ritualistic significance of this holiday, it goes beyond what you would imagine absolutely oh my god dude and so it's like you know we've talked about this before about um uh you know uh, all those christian parents 
that didn't want their kids watching Harry Potter and turns out like right. there was a reason. Come to find out they were correct because J.K. Now- Rowling's shit was directly from the, the Demonica and from Wicca and like was two thirds of this book's references to magic were direct quotes from demonic magic. Come to find out it's like, damn it. You mean them Bible Belt mamas were on some shit? And now the same no Christian kidding. parents have said for years that we've scoffed at, oh, we don't celebrate Halloween in this house. That's of the devil. But even though the church will still put on a fall fest, like, all right, you're calling it a the different trunk thing. Or treat. Yeah, trunk or treats. Like, you're doing the same shit just because it's on church property. Now it's Christian. Like, come uh, look, look. That's now. what happened with All Saints Day. Yes. People got sick and tired of taking the fun shit out of, of Halloween. So they started incorporating it into All Saints Day. And now here we are. Yeah. I, for one, always tell people each each year that um, my mom passed away. I think you guys know that. Yeah. Um, but me and my mom were besties and she loved Halloween and she loved watching scary movies. My love for horror movies comes from my mom. And so every time around this year, as soon as I light my first pumpkin candle, I just feel like connected to her and, you know, reminiscent of my childhood and being with her. But yeah. the ritualistic aspect of it is the tolerance portion as a christian you would say that that's the tolerance portion so you want to um have fun and you want to do these things but you're tolerating a certain level of evil in your home okay but i also don't believe that lighting a pumpkin spice candle is indicatively evil People accuse me of that, though, because I decorate my house for I put pumpkins and shit everywhere. And like I like to sell I dress up for Halloween and I do all this. And they're like, how can you say that all this stuff is demonic and then you still do it? And I'm like, everyone has this level of tolerance. For me, it's about your intent. Or or people could mind their goddamn business and let God be the judge <laughs> on my spirit. I don't know. Right, is, yeah. This is my lowly perspective. People be all up in other people's Kool-Aid, don't even know what flavor it is, talking about this red. It's, it's green anyway. You don't even fucking know, you know? Right. No, I do feel like that, though. I feel like they're, they're um, low-key calling me a hypocrite. And, oh, um, I get called that a lot. I feel this. I feel <laughs> this. Yeah, they're I like, think- oh, you're such a hypocrite. You still, like, do Halloween stuff, even though you talk about how to demonic it is and i'm like my intent when i do halloween stuff and dress up just like i really just want to like have fun with my friends and family i'm not worshiping the devil i'm not doing ritual sacrifices like that's not that's not me that being (laughs) that being said it is said that whenever you are celebrating halloween it is to be within the holiday spirit dare i say (laughs) I'm just saying, uh, the spirit of Halloween. But look, at the same time, I will say this. Yes, by nature, humans are tribal creatures. Yeah. Right. Whenever there's some kind of, uh, uh, I'm not going to say ritual. I don't think Halloween's a ritual. Yeah, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. And it's exciting. It's something that everybody does. We all collectively celebrate Halloween for the most part. Right. At least here in America. Yeah. And it's it's more of a fun thing. Now, if you're one of those people that likes to take it the extra step and start, you know, you want to have some Halloween parties and you want to whip out the Ouija board for good old time's sake and you want to pull out the spirits out of the liquor cabinet and, you know, and you want to pull out your your I don't know, maybe. I don't believe I don't believe this personally, but if you want to pull out your tarot deck. Right. And invoke some spirits. Right. You don't believe that personally? 
I I think done I the right way. Did. I think done the no no. I'm saying that I don't oh. believe that tarot is inhibitedly like always bad. What oh, I'm saying oh, oh, is okay, is okay, that okay. um what I'm saying is but if if not done with the right intent, you know some things can be skewed, right? Like right. that's just how how and and you're also talking about how the veil is at its thinnest. All right, allegedly it's, it's understood. Yeah. Like it's in the fall time. Yeah. We're we're uh, essentially during that time we're kind of really getting ready for winter, right? It's the fall into the winter almost. It's the harvest season. It was a time of big feasting and festivals, regardless of what culture you were from. Fall time is when the big big harvest would happen before you go in for winter, right? Very few crops grow in winter, so this was the time that when you would have this big harvest, you'd have a big feast to celebrate a good harvest to give homage to the god to gods, whatever your flavor is to thank them for a bountiful harvest before everything dies off in winter. Absolutely. So well, it's a very transitional period of say, time. From my perspective, I thrive in the fall because no matter what time of year it is, I'm already watching horror movies. I'm already, you know, I, I don't really love summer activities because I get overheated and then I get homicidal and I just like, fuck all that shit. Same. I hate the, the summer. It's starting to get cold outside. You got your little sweater on. You watch horror movies. You go drink hot chocolate and cider and shit. I thrive in the fall because those are things I already like to do. And it's just that one month of the year where you're like, oh, fuck, it's October now. I get to, you know, be a horror Mm. movie freak, like a freak and fucking do all the things, you know, and then November is my birthday month. So I kind of drag it out into November. I'm like, we're having a a Halloween dress up party for my birthday this year. Absolutely. um, But it's just like the intent that you have. Like, I just love having fun and like, actually, um, are you guys horror movie fans? I am. I'm a fan of like the slasher types, anything involving demonic and witcher and, or not witcher. Excuse me. I love the witcher, but like the omen and the uh, of dot, 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 I'm not a fan of, but as far as like, slashers, you've seen them, right. I've seen snippets and I know enough of the plot to get the references. It's just not my jam. Okay. So, so here, here's what I propose to you all. If you have time, I've created a game and no one's ever seen this game before cosmic peach podcast. I've only played it one other time, but for your Patreon listeners, I'm very willing to pull this game up for you all and play it um, in just the festiveness of the episode. Okay. Well, okay. Well, is this the game show we played last time? It was like the horror movie trivia? Because this, I... this one is more fun. All right. All right. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's go. go. Okay. All right. So I will bid farewell to all my listeners on my end, and then hopefully we will catch you over on the Patreon where we have Jonathan and Jacob playing Pick Your Poison. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, And also, since we are going to be wrapping this up, this is going to be part of the after show for The Cult of Conspiracy. And you'll be able to see this, whether you're on Rockfin or Patreon. Um, But that being said, Julia, thanks so much. This was a awesome awesome swap cast we love getting with you anytime we can because you always just bring so much fun to the show in a lot of detail you're very well read yes uh, very well prepared and anybody that you know we have a lot of people that always reach out and they say i would love to come on to your show can i can i come on to the show look if you're as well read as julia with the cosmic beach you're welcome every day of the week okay? <laughs> um but that being said uh julia if you could can you let our listeners know exactly where to find your podcast? 
Yes, thank you. And I'm flattered. Thank you so much. I'm a longtime fan of the Cult of Conspiracy. So I'm so honored to call you guys besties. Um, I am on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, I have a YouTube, and it's just Cosmic Peach Podcast. And I'm on Instagram, cosmic.peach.podcast. Of course, most of my listeners already know where to find you because they found me from you. So, but <laughs> just in case, would you uh, mind letting the listeners know where they can find the cult of conspiracy? Absolutely. So we are on podcast players everywhere, um, whether it's pod, uh, Spotify or Apple or, um, you know, you name it. We're on all of them. Um, uh, also, we are we have a Patreon and a uh, Rockfin, and that's we have those for the people that contribute to the show, the 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 lovers of the show that want to keep seeing this thing grow. Um, and what we do special for our our um, our watchers on there, our cult members on there, is that we have a before and an after show for every single show out there. Now, sometimes we don't have time to do both of them. So maybe we'll just do one. That's very rare. We're, we're usually always doing the before yeah. and after show. And it's always kind of just a live look in on, you know, uh, us talking, not even really relatively about the topic at hand. It's usually just yeah. about what's going on in life or just theories that we have. Little it's just a way to get a little bit closer to us. Yeah. 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 And so, um, and we also do live sh uh, once a month. Uh, where we invite um, uh, our third eye all the way open tier members on uh, Patreon. And um, and what we do is we go live once a month. It's about two hours and uh, just shoot the shit. It's a good way to really hang out with us. But it also helps out our show and, and help us of achieving the goal of doing this full time one day. And yeah. we're, we're very close. And we just want to say thank you to everybody that has uh, ever contributed in any kind of way. But also, if you want to be able to follow us on Instagram, um, on Instagram, we're at cult of conspiracy podcast on Facebook. Also cult of conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, drop us a line. Say hi. And also, while you're listening to this, as you're listening to The Cosmic Peach and or The Cult of Conspiracy, wherever you're hearing this at this moment, go ahead and hit the five stars, hit the share, the subscribe, the likes, the follows, the comments, and all the things and all the stuff. Help both of these podcasts break through the algorithmic matrices of a glass ceiling that we have found ourselves under. The more activity these algorithms see, the more we are promoted to more listeners that may or may not have heard us otherwise. So help us out. Good, bad, negative reviews, doesn't matter. Anything helps the algorithm get fed. So hit us up on that regard as well. Thank you. Awesome. Should we remind all the listeners to? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We should. And it's understood at this point. It's a, it's a very good closeout of the show. Yeah. And there is one very important, extremely vital piece of information we need you to learn just as soon as humanly possible. Put off that third eye.